0: Welcome all to version number four of the bad podcast. With periods in it now. With periods in it, because um, our bosses didn't want it implied that it was terrible when that's what we want yeah. to be implied. But it's the B for Bill Landis, the A for Ari Wasserman, and the D for me, Doug Le Maurice. Thanks for joining us as we talk about Ohio State football and some other things. But Ari thought that my nine-minute sweatpants conversation last week to start the podcast drove people away. Is that correct, Ari? I don't know if it drove people away, but it was, it was overkill on the topic we had already covered. So we have a list of non-football things to talk about, including, <laughs> for some reason, ground beef. <laughs> that was on the notes section of Bill's phone. And Bill, what, what do we think that references?
2: The,
1: the more i think about it that that could have been just left over from before and maybe i was really it's hungry that day <laughs> shopping or something your shopping list yeah, shopping list <laughs> is just ground beef and sweatpants
0: and <laughs> 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 your shopping list and our podcast list is combined <laughs> they're,
1: they're pretty
2: similar <laughs> they're really similar activities doug
0: so next week we'll be talking about combos and popsicles yes um so we will talk some football here to start the podcast with something that Ari brought up last week, and, and this swung back around a little bit. Um, Bill and I and our boss Dave were walking in the Ohio State parking lot before the game on Saturday, handing out some cards, trying to drum up some business for Cleveland.com for people to come read us. And it has, uh, it had our names on the business cards. And I handed one to someone, and someone was like, "Oh, Ari Wasserman. I know that name. He works for Buckeye Sports Bulletin." And I was like, <laughs> "Somebody
2: said that." Yeah, and I was
0: like, "Well, no, he works for." Cleveland.com now. Come read us on Cleveland.com. (laughs) But that was fame. That was a flash of Ari That actually happened? I swear that happened. You never told me that.
2: I know. I saved it for the podcast. Uh Look at this reaction. This is gold. Well, I I do want to say that the topic that we're talking about today was not my idea. I was just at the bodega, and I was being famous there, and somebody recognized who I was and asked me all these Ohio State questions. And one of the questions he asked me was our topic, which is who are the most famous players in college football, which is different
0: than who are the best, which is very different, very different than, who's the than best. who are the best players in college football. Just, for example, Ari is famous. Is he the <laughs> yeah. best? No. So what, so what we are talking about, I think, and I don't know if we realize this sometimes, and Bill, maybe you're a good person to, to ask about this um, in your second year here on the beat. Mm-hmm. We're in our little Columbus bubble and so we know the Buckeyes, and we know the Buckeyes a thousand times better than we know any other college football players. I don't know if I understand sometimes what the world thinks of Ohio State football players. What, do you, what is your impression of not how you view the Buckeyes, but how you think the rest of the college football world, what a person in California or Idaho or Mississippi or Florida thinks
1: about Ohio State football? Before last year or now? Both. Both. I think before last year, Ohio State was certainly one of the more well-known college football programs in the country, and I think you could definitely make the argument that Braxton Miller was one of the most famous college football players in the country. Whether or not he was the most famous, I don't know. After last year, I think Ohio State is probably the most well-known program in college football just by virtue of winning a national championship, and there's like... Three guys on the team. You can make a very sound argument that one of those guys is the most famous. So I, I think Ohio State has always been very popular, always very well-known, and uh, championship magnifies things uh, exponentially.
0: So if we answered the question right now, individually for us, who do we think is the most famous player in college football? Ari, who would you say?
2: Cardell Jones.
0: Bill? Cardell Jones. I would say Cardell Jones, too. And it's like, here we are. <laughs> In the midst of a quarterback discussion where Cardell Jones didn't play particularly well in week two and week three for Ohio State. Um, a quarterback decision is out there for Urban Meyer and the Buckeyes, but this guy tweets Ronda Rousey. Yeah. Right? Like that, that was it. a thing. Was that not a thing? That that you know, we wrote that about that, and sometimes we struggle with trying to you know, what, what should we write about when the Buckeyes are sort of out in the world and on Twitter and doing silly things that is this substantive? Should we write about this? But a lot of that stuff is what makes them
2: famous. I was in Phoenix this past weekend for a wedding, and I was watching Sports Center. I believe it was on Thursday or Friday uh, night before the game. And on ESPN, they were showing Ezekiel Elliott's attempt to go on a date with Taylor Swift. Yeah. Remember, he tweeted at her, let's go to Hyde Park, yes. or, you know, and that was on SportsCenter, the main show in Phoenix, Arizona, on like a Thursday night. They were just showing, and I don't know if that tweet a year ago, I know it wouldn't have been. And I think what has kind of created that, obviously, is the national championship because that's such a huge thing when it comes to attention. But I feel like Cardale Jones is the player on this team that started that whole, like, be funny on Twitter trend. And Cardale Jones, not only is the quarterback of a team that won a national championship, he's got that third string, former third string story power. He's funniest. He tweets to Ronda Rousey. He wears funny shirts. He changes his profile. He does so many things, even more so than Ezekiel Elliott, off the field that cause him to have major attention like that than any of the other people. And that is compounded with the fact that he was a third string quarterback who came out and beat Alabama and Oregon for a championship.
0: So so let me ask this. (laughs) If Nick Chubb tweeted to Beyonce and asked her on a date it's a good choice would that would that be on SportsCenter Center too like is the rest of college football not asking out musical superstars and MMA fighters on Twitter and only Ohio State guys do that or is everybody in college football doing that and well, only the Ohio State guys get covered do you
2: remember like seeing it and I don't know and there's the thing that I struggle with and is do I just see things because I cover the team? Right. Or I, like like, because I can't remember the last time I saw Leonard Fournette tweeting somebody on TV, but maybe it came on and I just didn't notice it because I don't cover him.
0: Well, that, that's like – I wrote a, a story about Ezekiel Elliott tweeting Taylor Swift – And I was like, should I write about this or not? And then I saw the same thing later that night on SportsCenter. And I was like, well, I guess it's good I wrote about it because we cover Ohio State. And the SportsCenter anchor is standing next to a blown-up shot of Ezekiel Elliott's tweet. So I guess, like, I don't know. I I feel like if Scooby Wright was doing stuff like that off the field, I guess we'd know about it, right? Wouldn't we see it?
1: Uh, no, I don't. Cause I think it happens. I think it probably happens more than we realize. It has to happen. They, but yeah. there's such a large magnifying glass on Ohio State. And not to mention, too, like, I know, like, every fan base says it, but Ohio State has a huge national fan base who seems to be very active on social media, maybe perhaps more active than other fan bases. So when Cardell Jones or Ezekiel Elliott does something weird or funny on Twitter, I think it has uh, a chance to blow up a little more, maybe than if. I don't know, Scooby Wright does something crazy because Ohio State's fan base is just the know, the numbers, times I mean. the size of Arizona's fan base. So I think it's tweeting to celebrities is not something that's unique to Ohio State football players, but I think blowing up the way it has is, is something I think that, that, that there's unique. something
2: to that. I think that
1: Ohio State's
2: fan base is also, like you said, more spread out around the country. I think the national, if you go to Phoenix, which is where I'm from, and I keep bringing it up, it's a good market because it's like, what do ASU fans think of Braxton Miller? And I don't know if there's other quarterbacks. Like I don't. Nobody in Columbus is talking about Anu Anu Solomon from um, Arizona, you know. But you know how much to me it seems like in the conversation of fame, it's more about what these people are doing for the and the attention they're getting for things they do off the field than on it. Because what they're doing on it, I think Braxton Miller of the three Ohio State players that are in this conversation makes the most spectacular plays.
0: Well, I do think if if you think about it. Which is why I think this is such an interesting Ohio State team. I would say there are definitely four guys on this team who have things that go beyond just being good football players. Cardale Jones, Twitter Monster, Ronda Rousey, SB's, the fake May 1st tweet when he acted like he was going to transfer. He, got, he was famous for his tweet, his, his tweet the wrong way. Before he even played, people knew his name a little bit from his we ain't here to play school tweet, which I think has has helped feed this as he's totally flipped the script and become so savvy on Twitter. Then we have Ezekiel Elliott and the crop top, which is a thing. Yes, Mm -hmm. he gashed Alabama and Oregon. But he's, he has a thing. The crop top is a thing. And then when the NCAA changed the rule and said you can't wear a crop top, that was practically the Ezekiel Elliott rule, I think, for a lot yeah. of people in the country. Now we have Braxton Miller with the position switch, but also the spin move. The spin move was everywhere. Again, that was not just us. I feel like that was like the that lead story on SportsCenter that night, the Braxton Miller spin move. It was on SportsCenter like three and or like, four nights. The and spin, then the, the yeah. last thing, and maybe this is half step down, but the Joey Bosa shrug mm-hmm. is a thing. This is a guy who's an, an all-American. People project him as maybe the number one pick in the draft, maybe, um, you know, the next J.J. Watt kind of guy. But his his sack celebration is also a thing. So it's just it, it is odd how it has emerged that you know these guys aren't just good at football; they're good at being being having catchy things in a viral world. They have a brand,
1: yeah. And I, I think Bosa is probably a, a significant notch below those other three guys. But it is weird because I don't even know, and this isn't a conversation about who the best player in college football is, but it's weird that, like, I don't, I don't think any of these three guys are talking about are the best players in college football, but they're the most famous. And the least famous of the four is Joey Bosa, too. I agree yeah. with that. And he's the best of the four. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And
2: so and I think there's something to say. I think offensive players inherently are more famous. Because people like offense, they like spectacular plays and they like touchdowns. But the, like it's like if you go and you ask a UCLA fan um, what who Braxton Miller is, the UCLA fan might be able to answer the question. But I don't think there's a, many Ohio State fans that can answer the same questions when you you know change it around. I think Ohio State's players have been more famous than they've ever been now. Are more famous than they've ever been now than my time on the beat. So
0: we, we didn't want to just sit here in our Columbus bubble and talk from our Columbus bubble as we tried to gauge this. So we reached out to a couple of our friends uh, in the national media, and, and I think some of the responses we got, I think, are backing this up a little bit. Uh, Ralph Russo, who you can follow on Twitter at RalphDRussoAP. He's the national college football writer for the Associated Press. He covers everyone. Uh, I tweeted him last... Uh, this week about this and and said, Ralph, who do you think the three most famous current players are? He said, Cardale Jones, Braxton Miller, and Ezekiel Elliott. And he said, and I'm not kidding. I was having this discussion earlier this year. And I thought this was a, a very interesting comment he added. If you walk into a bar filled with casual college football fans and ask them to name 10 players, I think half would be Buckeyes. Hmm. That's from the guy who's the national... College football writer for the Associated Press.
2: That's fascinating.
0: And I, I think it will be the Jones. guys we're you know, like the guys we're talking about, the four we've already mentioned. And then I don't know, maybe don't know maybe Tybus Powell, maybe
2: J.T. Barrett. JT. I, don't I don't think like anybody him. on the West Coast knows who Tavis Powell is. He's Cardell Jones' roommate. I, very I funny, still isn't. don't think he's a nice guy and, and I think he's Ohio. a good player. He's from Northeast Ohio, but he's not a nationally recognized name in my opinion. And what's crazy, and the thing Mike that Juan we Lewis? need to talk about <laughs> more than anything, is the fact uh, that there aren't any
0: Johnny footballs this year. Well, that – and that is a very good point to make. That's another point all these national guys made. They think the star power is down a little bit. It's absolutely Because when I mentioned this initially, there were some people on Twitter who thought I was talking about, like, all time. And they're talking Tim Tebow. They're talking Bo Jackson. They're talking Brian Bosworth. And and we clearly don't have that kind of thing where – Tim Tebow took over not only college football but the entire sports landscape, and I don't think as popular as Cardell Jones, Braxton Miller, and JT
1: and uh, uh, who's the other
0: guy, Ezekiel Wilson? Elliott.
1: Right? Yeah. Th- None of them are Tim Tebow, right? No, 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 no those guys are all for for as much as what they did on the field and and whatever they did, good or bad, off the field. Guys like Tebow and, and Jameis Winston and Johnny Manziel were were very polarizing guys, and I don't think any of these three are, are and that
2: way. Fame is such a weird thing because you can become famous, but like you can also become infamous. And I just think if you're being talked about a lot, it can be for a variety of different reasons that don't always coincide with being funny on Twitter or being good on the field. And I think Jameis Winston was the perfect example. He was in the news all the time and for some bad reasons, but everybody on the planet knew who Jameis Winston was.
0: And even Johnny Manziel, who, who rose to prominence because of his play on the field, and then the money sign and everything else part of what extended his fame were some of the off-field things when yeah. he was suspended for the half for the for the autograph stuff and there was he was sort of like in the news for other reasons and I, you know to the credit of the Ohio State guys you know Joey Bosa did serve a one game suspension to start this year um, but when we're talking about why Braxton Miller Ezekiel Elliott and Cardale Jones are famous it started with their play on the field and then was extended by them doing things that none of those things were in, in a negative fashion at all.
2: No. Well, what's craziest to me about um, Johnny Manziel is like the people he was hanging out with. I mean, he had a Drake OVO tattoo yeah, on his wrist it. and he still yeah. has it in college. And like Drake rap made a rap song about him before the draft. And it yeah. was like Cardale Jones is famous and he tweets at Ronda Rousey who is very famous, but Drake is probably one of the most famous people on the planet right now, and he made a song about Johnny Football. Just to like kind of show you the scope of fame here. Like Right now, Ohio State's three most famous players are all famous, but I don't think any of them are anywhere near the, the, the point of fame that Johnny Football got into his senior year.
0: So asking some other national guys, Stuart Mandel from Fox Sports, used to be at Sports Illustrated, national college football writer. Uh, on Twitter, when we asked, he said Cardale Jones, Ezekiel Elliott, and Trevon Boykin mm-hmm. from TCU, which is interesting because, like to me, he's not famous at all. Like I don't, yeah, I, he's a good player. No, I don't good. know anything. Yeah, he, you know, he's the starting quarterback for a top five team and a leading Heisman contender, but I don't know anything outside the field about him. He was in Columbus. And Bill
1: and I went to that what award at the show was Colum- it? Columbus Touchdown Club Awards dinner, which was when like in January. January? It was in the February, summer. Was it was in February or, or or March, and he, like, and I had to be shown who Trevon Boykin was. Yeah, like nobody if, in that building knew who Trevon Boykin was, and, and he like his top five player in college football the previous year.
2: And like if Johnny Football was at that conference, he'd, he'd have security around. There'd be security. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like
1: so I don't know if that one really,
2: if that one really. Lands with me. So,
0: Bruce Feldman from Fox Sports, um, their other national writer, said Cardale Jones, Leonard Fournette, who I think is the rising guy in this conversation, and maybe Everett Golson, who was the starting quarterback on a Notre Dame team that went to the national championship game Joe. several years ago. Had an academic issue, missed the year, is back, transferred to Florida State, now playing quarterback for Florida State. So that was kind of a big off-the-field kind of thing that gained him some notoriety. Um, But Leonard Fournette's a guy at LSU, the running back at LSU, who was shucking guys off his back like they were kindergartners the other day and is getting Herschel Walker, Bo Jackson comparisons. But again, I don't know who he tweets at.
1: I don't even know if he has a Twitter account. But just, I mean, who's shown on television is such a huge factor in this and... Leonard Fournette was all over SportsCenter Center this weekend for running over guys from Auburn. So yeah, I think he's going to be a very fast riser in terms of this conversation. Yeah,
2: you uh, got to remember
1: uh, that he's a year younger than those other guys too. So it, it, I don't. Cardale
2: at the ESPYS, and I mean, yeah, doesn't everybody watch the ESPYS? I don't think so. Oh, <laughs> I yeah. I guess I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah,
0: and so uh, Pete Thamel from Sports Illustrated, who who writes a lot about Ohio State. Um, had a front had a, a story in Sports Illustrated about Braxton Miller mm-hmm. recently after his spin move. He said probably Cardale Jones, Leonard Fournette, and maybe Nick Chubb. So again, that's that's a guy that's an Ohio State guy in that conversation. But I think you know the interesting thing is, and this is how it works in college sports is a lot of times the stars are the coaches. So really, when you think about who are the three most famous names in college football right now, it's probably Urban Meyer, Nick Saban, and Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. Above any player, because right now we don't have a Tebow, we don't have a Manziel, we don't have a Bo Jackson, we don't have somebody who is is taking the nation by storm. But in the meantime, we got a lot of Ohio
1: State players. People are talking about. Did anybody say just before we wrap up this? Did anybody say Chad Kelly, the quarterback from Ole Miss? You're the only person who is on the Chad He's Kelly band. Fascinating. Well, let me ask you this, and tell me if this story sounds familiar. A good quarterback goes to a school in the South, gets kicked out goes to a junior college, wins a junior college national championship, goes back to the SEC, beats Alabama, and becomes super famous.
0: Is that the Ari Wasserman story?
1: I didn't know anything about that guy until you just Well, said
0: that was Cameron so Newton. So that was Cam Newton. Right? Well, now, it's, now it's Chad Kelly. And, and Cam Newton, again, um, Cam Newton was pretty famous yeah. that year because everybody knew he was... Uh, going to be a prototypical NFL quarterback. He won the Heisman and led his team in the national championship. But he also had this other thing, awesome. which was a negative off-the-field thing with people talking about what may or may not have happened to right. get him to Auburn. So, um, but But again, I think... I don't know. I think I think your guy probably has a ways to go. Yeah, to he's, not there. he's not there yet,
1: for sure. I just think he, uh, by the end of the year, if we had this conversation, I would not be surprised if we are saying Chad Kelly's the most famous person in college football. But
2: wasn't that how Johnny got, that was like the beginning of Johnny's fame. With beating, beating, beating Alabama. Alabama. But yeah. when he did it, he did it in such a very aesthetically fascinating way. Like, just the spin moves and some of the passes he hit in the back of the end zone. And then, come on, the money sign celebration and all that stuff. I mean, he was just, he had the spectacular plays on the field like Braxton Miller he did all the crazy stuff off of it. I think he probably might have been the most famous college player of the last decade, maybe yeah. outside of Tim Tebow. Of a, yeah. yeah, I
0: mean, it's funny. It's like the path to fame runs through Alabama. Everything like runs the, Ohio, Alabama, the, Ohio Alabama the Ohio State goes. guys did it. Yeah. Johnny Manziel did it. Tim Tebow did it. Like yeah. the SEC is such a dominant part of the conversation. If you can take that team down,
1: all of a sudden people care who you tweet at. Meanwhile, like who's the most famous player in Alabama the last five years? Like I mean, Andrew, like I AJ McCarron was was
0: famous because Brent Musburger thought his girlfriend was attractive, yeah. you know. And again, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about these other things, but in the end, Catherine Webb ended up being more famous than AJ McCarron, yeah. right? Yeah. Like you, you know, you it's it you get into the spotlight, but you want to be there and be the guy once you're there.
2: I think Brent Musburger was right on that <laughs> one.
0: <laughs> one question I think before we we leave the fame conversation, which maybe will bring a point to this a little bit, is. Do you think that any of this has any effect on Ohio State's success, lack of success, whatever? Is there any on-field effect of having guys who are famous?
1: No, I don't think so. Uh, people will talk about, like, oh, oh, they're reading their own press clippings and stuff like that. Like I don't think, like Cardell Jones didn't wake up in August and realize he was a good football player. I think those the reason you're... Have success at this level is because you've always thought you were a good football player. Um, maybe the attention is hard to deal with at times, but I don't think that Cardell Jones being the most famous player in college football is the reason he threw two interceptions against Northern Illinois last week. When you were over at and you wrote the story about
2: um, Cardell Jones hanging out with Tyvis in their apartment, you said that Cardell was always looking at his phone?
0: Yeah, he was looking at his He checked his phone a lot.
2: Yeah. That. I think there is something to maybe being in a situation that you weren't before that could make you spend more time on something you wouldn't be spending time on a year ago. I don't think I agree with Bill. I don't think that there's anything that's going to stop him from being good, but I think it's one more thing you have to think about. If it's one more tweet or one more sports center thing to watch or one, I think that these things can pile on somebody. And I do think there could be a potential negative or not as it's just not ideal all the time. So but you know, a lot of fame is what comes with this this territory and you have to be able to deal with it. And all the famous people we were talking about before continue to win the highest level. I don't think that Ohio State's gonna have a hard time progressing as a team because those guys are too famous. You know, but it is I think it it, it
0: emphasizes again how I don't know if it's unique, but just interesting, maybe a little rare. This is kind of a special group at Ohio State. You know, we wrote the Buck Dynasty series ahead of the year. Um, whether they could follow up this national championship. We've talked a lot about comparing this 2013 recruiting class, which includes uh, Joey Bosa and Ezekiel Elliott and a lot of other guys. Could they do some things that compared to the Super Softs, which is still a group that Ohio State fans know very well from the late 60s and early 70s. Um, It's almost like like someone should write a book about these guys because (laughs) they are are a very uh, interesting group and – You know, it's in this era when lots of people are talking about should guys be paid and if, you know, should you be able to have the jerseys there of them? Should there be video games um, with these guys and their likenesses? Like this, this would be a group that Ohio State's limited the jerseys they're selling this year. They're only selling one in 15, which happened to be Braxton and Ezekiel. Um, But, you know, you can't go out and get a Cardell Jones or a Joey Bosa jersey, at least through through that method right now. Um, You can't play a video game with their likenesses on there right now. But, but you know, if you could, I think Ohio State would be the team a lot of people
1: will be playing with. Well, the last thing yeah.
2: that I want I, I wanted to make sure we asked is, is this the most famous team?
1: In the country right or the now? Last,
2: well, it's definitely the most famous team yeah, in the country sure. this year, but is this the most famous team that we can remember in recent memory? Because I think that even though none of the three guys that we're talking about right now necessarily stack up with a guy like Johnny or Tim Tebow – I think collectively having three people in the conversation makes it the most famous team. Not only from the standpoint of just the players, but the fact that they won a championship and everybody is watching them. I think it's the most famous team of the past decade.
0: That um, might be that might be true. I don't know. I'm trying to... I mean, the Urban Meyer Florida Gators, the Percy Harvin, Tim Tebow yeah. Florida team, that was... I don't know. That was pretty famous, too. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking back older. I'm thinking about, like, the Miami-Florida team that showed up in, in, fatigue. in fatigues yeah. at the Fiesta Bowl against Penn State, but that's 1986, that Jerome Brown team. That's something that still stands out. But, I mean, I, I think um, – I do think right now, at least, Ohio State's the team that sort of the rest of the, the college football world is defined by at the moment. You yeah, know? yeah. But the discussion sure, yeah. centers around them. I don't know who else in the last decade – would necessarily enter that. Like, we were saying that Al, You know, Alabama okay. won three out of four, but really I think when you think about that, those
1: teams, you think about Nick Saban. Yeah, cause, and they weren't very flashy teams. I mean, they won primarily with awesome defenses. I mean, they weren't slinging it around. Uh, A.J. McCarron wasn't throwing 60 touchdown passes a year. Like, I even think, like, Oregon and the way they played under Chip Kelly and then continue to play under, under Mark Helfrich I think were – maybe more, more well-known nationally to the casual fan just because of the brand of football they played.
2: I think that more
1: offensive-minded
2: teams, teams that score more points and put up big yardage, are definitely more entertaining to a fan base than a team like Michigan State, who's very good because they don't allow people to score.
0: Hmm. So Ari, you'll notice, is back with us uh, after missing the Northern Illinois game last week to attend a wedding in Phoenix of one of his good friends. So we have not gotten a full wedding report from Ari yet so Ari
2: how was it the wedding was awesome Um, the best part about it is that I have a group of friends who all live in different areas of the country and it's very hard to see everybody at once and everybody was there that was my favorite part Um, kind of lack I I don't know how many people are going to be listening to the the podcast but it kind of lacked some talent (laughs) <laughs> um, which I guess is fine because I have this thing that my friends actually get irritated with me about when I go out, and I'm a single guy. If you didn't know this by now, and when I'm with hanging out with friends, I get uh, my friends get annoyed with me because they say that I forget that I'm hanging out with my friends because I'm too focused on trying to talk to women, and like they think that like that's like me putting a backseat of hanging out with people I don't see very often. And I've had like actual issues with this. So the fact that there was not a lot of smoke at the <laughs> wedding. Kind of allowed me to open my wings up a little bit and really spend some good quality time with my brothers. It's funny. I talked <laughs> to I talked to one of the women
0: uh, who was at that wedding, and she said the same thing. She said there <laughs> was not a lot of smoke. A lot no, of smoke. <laughs> not not much talent there. Um, but it's good to have Ari back. Did you get any? You, I'm I'm a little bit curious about this. Uh, you said you did watch the Ohio State game. I did while you were there. Of course. Did you get what was your perspective watching Ohio State on TV from the state of Arizona as opposed to sitting in the press box and watching that tame and thinking about what you're going to write about it? Did you, you sort of got the view that a fan gets. What did you, did you get any different read
2: on the Buckeyes from that view? You know, what's interesting to me is that I was thinking about what I was going to write. I just, <laughs> I was like, oh, well, I don't get to go to interviews after this. Um, but I think if you're, Watching this game on TV from Arizona, the biggest thing that I would take away from it, just from a fan perspective, by watching it is maybe this team isn't as good as we think. And I think that sometimes some national television, and not everybody watches Ohio State on the West Coast every week the way that everybody in the Midwest does, I think there's a very good chance, maybe outside, everybody watched the Virginia Tech game, but outside of that, that this could have been the first real national look in the middle of a day for a regular game of Ohio State right now. And to, to watch this game, it looked like a very mortal team to me. It was like, this is a, this is not the, the favorite to win the national championship right now. And because of that, that's kind of the perspective that I got, just like kind of watching it. It just didn't seem like the team that I'm used to watching in person every week. It looked like a, a team that was struggling. And, and they were, but it looked different on TV. So one of the things uh, that I think is an issue that
0: has been floating around there as people talk about why Ohio State, and I think it's it's funny when we say Ohio State – doesn't look as as good as it could, or maybe as good as people thought, or maybe not like the number one team in the country. We mean the offense.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We mean half the team. Nobody thinks the defense doesn't look good enough. I mean the defense. The defense scored points both of the la- both of the last two weeks. The defense shut out Hawaii. The defense um, held Northern Illinois to twenty. It wasn't you know the defense is playing that well, but it, it, Ohio State is so defined. And Urban Meyer's teams are so defined by their offense because he's an offensive coach, because he wants to score a lot of points. Um, that was much more a Jim Trestle kind of game. And Urban Meyer said, you know, we p- we're playing defense on offense. And and that's that's fine if that's what you want to do. And Michigan State sometimes does that. and They're really successful at it. But that's their plan. That's not the plan here. So, Tom Herman is a guy. Is the offensive coordinator here for three years? Who he was a guy who was a very good interview. Um, he was a personable guy. Again, we're in our Columbus bubble sometimes, and and it's hard to get a read nationally on this. Um, how much do you think, Bill? Ohio State offensively is missing Tom Herman right now. Is that really a thing? Is you know people forget? I think that fans and sometimes us you know, would criticize Tom Herman at times in his three years here because they, they had offensive times when they stagnated, when you questioned the play calling. It's not like it was three years of scoring 60 points a game here. Does it feel three games in like Ohio State misses Tom Herman, who is now the coach of the 2-0 and Houston Cougars?
1: I think what Ohio State misses as it relates to Tom Herman is Tom Herman's comfort level with the personnel that Ohio State has. I don't know, like Tim Beck's a new guy. He came in and he's the new quarterbacks coach. From an X's and O's standpoint, I have no idea how Tim Beck compares to Tom Herman because I don't even know how you'd figure that out. But Tom Herman was the play caller last year, and I think you saw as the year wore on that he got more comfortable in that role. He, he realized what he had, and now things have changed. Ed Warner's on the sideline while trying to call plays. Tim Beck is up in the booth still trying to figure out maybe who the best guy on the team is to give the ball to. So I think Ohio State does miss Tom Herman in the aspect that Tom Herman – in crunch time, on the fly, knew who the best playmakers were on Ohio State's team and knew what plays worked best in what scenarios. And I think Ed Warner and Tim Beck and Urban Meyer are still trying to feel this thing out. I think it's really impossible to know
2: exactly what Ohio State is missing and what Ohio State had and what Ohio State was used to because we don't know exactly what everybody's responsibilities were last year and what they are now. But what I will say is, is they had an offensive coordinator that, coached all these quarterbacks that we can't stop talking about. And everything that they did as a team last year as a team and as a coaching staff involves Tom Herman and it worked. They won a championship and it was a, even if it was a collective effort, the reason why it worked is because everybody worked together as a team and they did it the right way. And anytime you get rid of a piece or a part of what made that work so well, that is going to be a challenge. Specifically, what the challenge is and where they're lacking, I, we don't know. They haven't defined that, but I think replacing somebody that helped you win it all is definitely something that you have to overcome and something you need to think about.
1: And Ohio State's not the only team in the country that's had issues when replacing a, essentially a coordinator or changing the play call structure. Like It happens all the time. But I think that the bar had just been set so high by what they've done every year. myers has been here that it it's making it look really bad. I mean, and you
2: wrote about this, Doug. I mean, this was like a part of the Buck dynasty. What what, what does Ohio State have to do to make sure they continue to be on the same track as Alabama uh, and to, to create, and your part was the replacing and keeping assistance and Tom Herman, I think, was a big part of that.
0: And, and clearly that was an issue, you know, when, when Urban Meyer lost uh, his trusted offensive coordinator at Florida, and Dan Mullen. That was a big thing for, for him to have to uh, adjust to, and he didn't have the personal relationship long-time personal relationship with Tom Herman that he did with Dan Mullen. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I, I don't want to overblow it because I think e- it's easy here in Columbus to say, oh, you know, Tom Herman, he's doing a great job in Houston and they're recruiting on the internet and they're doing all that. I mean, he, Tom Herman clearly is is has injected life into the Houston football program. And here in Columbus, you can see, well, the offense isn't as good right now. And you can just go right there. Here's where I think... I don't know that this could be disputed. And again, I think a large part of this is just familiarity. I don't think the quarterback coaching is as good right now. And as we talk about offensive struggles, JT Barrett and Cardale Jones are not playing as well as they played last year. And they are not playing as well while being in a quarterback room with a new coach who they didn't know. And last year, they were in year three with Tom Herman. They knew him. Um, They were used to his style. They trusted him. They had a personal relationship. And so when you saw how the second-string quarterback and then the third-string quarterback were, were prepared and then in the moment were capable of, of leading this team. I think that reflected, obviously, first and foremost, very well on JT Barrett and Cardell Jones. But had, that had to also reflect on the coaching they were getting in that room, in that quarterback's room. And that's Tom Herman not as an offensive coordinator, but that's Tom Herman as a day-to-day quarterback's coach. And so if we're sitting here saying, boy... It feels like Cardale Jones and JT Barrett both could be a little better. I think maybe that's where they're missing him most of all, is as a quarterback's coach and not as a play caller.
2: And in three years, you know what buttons to press. Absolutely. You yeah. know, like, I mean, I know Tom Herman, for a fact, probably knows how to relate to Cardale Jones personally than Tim Beck does because three years is greater than six months or whatever it's been. And
0: I don't think, at the beginning, I don't think Tom Her- you know, I think Tom Herman had, had said, you know, it took a while for Cardale Jones to trust Tom Herman. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when Tom Herman got here with Urban Meyer's staff in 2012 after Cardale Jones had been recruited in uh, the Jim Trestle era and, and Luke Fickles one year. So, you know, that, that's a story about, hey, it didn't happen overnight, and here we are three games into the season. And if you're wondering if it happened overnight with the new quarterbacks coach, the answer is probably no.
2: And I'm in year three here on the beat. And Doug yelled at me more in the past than he did now because he knows that one or two yells a week is better than five or six. Right. So, like, you know, but maybe if Doug was replaced by somebody, they would yell at me five times a week and my stories would be a little bit worse.
0: Or what if they didn't <laughs> yell at all?
2: And then my stories were great and you just suck. <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right, so Ari during this whole time has uh, – did you win the game? I did. Ari won <laughs> his Madden game. While doing a podcast, which was something that we were wondering about, could Ari Wasserman play a video game and do a podcast at the same time? And the answer is
2: yes. It was an online game. You don't want to come at me. You don't want to come at me on Xbox and think that you like. If you think you're good, give him your thing. What's your user you, pick? Forty-five, because I'll pick you. I've beaten him. He's not that good. He threw. He got lucky. User pick 45
0: if you want to play Ari Wasserman on Xbox in Madden Football. Let's uh, get some it's listeners.
2: Not, yeah, U-S-E-R-P-I-K. There's no C because you can't see me. Wow. 45. <laughs> did you just <laughs> move that up? Yeah, I did. <laughs> all right,
0: Bill, uh, I guess if you're listening to this, you already figured out how to get the podcast. But as you spread the word, Bill, tell the people all the options for listening to the bad podcast. Yeah,
1: so we have a SoundCloud page, which we built not built because it took 10 seconds, that makes me sound smarter than I am, that, yeah. I, that I made on SoundCloud uh, last week. So you can search bad Ohio State podcast on SoundCloud. Uh, there'll be a link in this post too. So you click on there to follow us. And we also have a Cleveland.com sports podcast iTunes page where you can listen to us and uh, all the other podcasts uh, that go up on Cleveland.com. And then, of course, all week
0: when we're not talking and playing video games, you can read the stories we have written at Cleveland.com slash OSU. Five to ten stories a day. Um, yeah, we write a lot.
2: Can we plug some of the stuff we've got coming too? I don't know, but
0: some, like, we plug stuff ahead of time and some people will have already listened when the stuff's already up. It's hard to plug, right? All right, yeah. we'll unplug it then. Yeah. Stories just, are coming. Stories are coming, as always. So uh, thanks for joining us this week. Episode number four of The Bad Podcast. It was much more focused on football, which frankly I'm a little uncomfortable with. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, for Bill Landis, for Ari Wasserman, I'm Doug Le Maurice. Thanks for listening to the Bad Podcast.
2: Peace, Holmes.